Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. is welcome 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 such an amazing turnout welcome to Velocity Potty's very first intro to racing event it's amazing to see so many women turning up and showing that they're interested in racing one of the interesting things that we always interesting I put in inverted commas that we hear is that women aren't female cyclists aren't that competitive aren't that interested in racing well, your presence today really debunks that myth. So thank you. So tonight, one of the things that, one of the reasons why we put on this uh, intro to racing event is really a chance for you guys to hear some of the common questions about getting into ra- getting into racing answered, and then also everyone's on their own specific kind of journey, and the chance during a social to kind of ask racers your own specific questions about racing is an amazing opportunity. So without much ado, I kind of want to do a little bit of a audience participation exercise. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard about uh, chain gangs. Have, has anyone taken part in a chain gang or no? Okay, we've got a few hands there. So just to kind of, um, kind of put into context what a chain gang is, is you have two lines of riders, and essentially one line of riders is kind of going a little bit faster than the other one, and essentially you have one rider at the top kind of going, it depends on the side, uh, goes a little bit faster than the other and comes onto the other side. So it's kind of a nice little rotation. And the reason why I bring up a chain gang, and I see, saw some hands raised, is that racing it if you can uh, participate in a chain gang, you basically have the skills to race. So you're used to cycling in close proximity to a rider. You uh, have the fitness. You also have the bike handling skills. And for those riders, racers, or potential racers who haven't um, done chain gang, I think looking around the room, just taking note of those riders who have said they have been, in the social, that's a good opportunity for you guys to kind of talk to those wannabe riders who've been in chain gangs and have learned those skills and understand kind of some of the hints and tips about to do so. Because chain gangs are quite a nice, easy entryway into racing. So, 
Now, the whole point of this um, the event, we're going to split it into two. As I mentioned, we're going to have some intros from the racers, lovely racers who have um, volunteered some of their time. They're going to give an introduction to themselves, some of their motivations for racing. But then I'm going to ask them some of the specific, some of the common questions we also have about uh, racing. So we're going to cover a few different 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 disciplines. So with that with that to do, let's go on to. Let's start with road crit racing. So Miriam and Honor, if you don't mind sitting up a little bit higher, so everyone can see your beautiful faces. <laughs> So road crit racing is typically the first uh, type of racing most people get into. It's done on road bikes, so it's road bikes with gears, with brakes, but the kind of crucial thing is it's on closed circuits, so there's no traffic. So as it's the kind of the first type of road racing that people get into, and I'll pose this question first to Miriam. How good do you have to be? How good do you have to be to race? And how do you prepare yourself? Do I, when I first race, did I, do I need a new bike? Miriam, over to you. Well, it depends what kind of bike you have at the moment. You describe the kind of bike you need. It needs to have gears. It needs to have brakes. Uh, it probably ought not to have a basket and mud guards and panniers. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that for the commute, but uh, you're not going to get too far on that in, uh, in a crit. Um, so yeah, I mean, but you don't. Do you need a fancy bike? No, you do not. Do you need deep section wheels? No, you do not. But I still want some. Um, <laughs> so chances are, if you've got a road bike and it's in good working order, then that's a bike good enough to um, to race crit. How good do you need to be at riding it? Well, as you said, uh, crit races. Um, you're riding on a closed circuit. You're probably going to be riding for somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour. Um, and you're going to be riding quite fast for that, for that period of time. So you need to be able to ride your bike fairly fast for about an hour. Like That's probably a good ballpark um, to aim for. In terms of how you prepare for that kind of racing, well, you'll be looking at doing some slightly longer rides than you do in a crit. So you need to be able to ride, I'd say, like 40 miles with a you know, reasonable degree of comfort. It's kind of a good, good, uh, good thing to aim for. Um, riding in groups is good preparation but if you don't have the opportunity to do that because you're not in a club or you don't ride with other people I wouldn't let that put you off too much like don't worry about showing up at a race and you're going to be stuck in this massive peloton of women and it's going to be really terrifying and they're going to be railing the corners and you won't know what to do like that probably won't happen in your first race because if you're anything like me in your first race, you will show up, imagine you're going to win and you'll be straight off the back watching everyone else around the corners um, as you can really just go around very slowly questioning your life choices. Um, so don't worry too much about, uh, you know, about the idea that you need to show up and be amazing. You need a reasonable degree of fitness, you need a good working bike um, and you need the enthusiasm to show up, figure out what it's about, have a go, and if you like it, or if you, if you don't do well, you still might like it, and figure out what you need to do next time to come back and do better. Great. That is a fantastic answer. Thank you very much, Maria. Pleasure. Thank you. And over to Honor. So give me a bit of background of, you know, your racing, but also Miriam touched on a very key uh, point, which is about being dropped. 
<laughs> I know for me, I am constantly, I started racing in January this year. I am still being dropped. What does that mean? What does that mean for your racing? Just give us a bit of your <laughs> point of view. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> lies, lies, a woman lies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have, I have, of course, I've been dropped. Um, but, I, I mean, I would say, like, starting out, I didn't get dropped that much, but only because I left it so late to get into racing. I was, like, strong and fit and thinking about racing for so long, and then I didn't, like, know anyone. I didn't have, like, a club supporting me. Well, I did, but there was no women in it. I've left that one now. Um, but, like... It, I just procrastinated it for so long. And then when I finally got involved, I had the legs. So in some respect, yeah, I, I kind of can't relate. It sounds terrible, doesn't it? To, like, getting dropped. But I kind of regret that. I think it's much more sensible to just get stuck in. I, like, I fully regret not doing it the year earlier. Getting dropped for my first few races, you would learn so much more. Like, I would be a better cyclist now had I got stuck in earlier because I would have learned, I would have got that that greater amount of experience I think like getting dropped really isn't embarrassing at all I have I have since been dropped like you start racing against other levels and you're like okay I'm awful um but like it, there's absolutely no shame in it whatsoever like for one I don't think I don't think people care but I don't even think people really notice like you it's completely understandable to think that it's embarrassing to like be riding around on your own and maybe there's some people watching but like guaranteed anyone watching is just thinking you're sick because you're racing your bike and anyone in the race who's noticed that you've been dropped has been there themselves so there's absolutely no shame in it whatsoever um and it's just a good workout then you just think okay i'm off the back but let's make the most of this if it's Hog Hill, like, it's a horrible time. But you're, you feel great after, and everyone's always really nice. No one's like, ha-ha, you're slow. They're like, great job. Yeah. Come back next time. You learn from it. You always learn from it, and you're always that much better. You're going to have to look at the long game and be like, okay, this was a rubbish race, or, like, first race was not good, or I'm, I'm getting jobs. But, like, long term, you're going to be better for that. You're going to be better for those bad experiences. So... Doesn't it, the point is it just doesn't matter, it really doesn't. No, I couldn't agree more. I think for me, um, getting dropped, you know, it's a tough experience. But then at the same time, just holding on to the bunch, you know, might be for each race I've I've done. I've, I feel like I can hold on thirty seconds, a minute more, and that for me is a massive win. And that's also the fun of racing is just seeing those material gains. I think as well, like, even if you've got dropped or a race breaks up and there's a few different groups on the road at this point or you're off the back or whatever, it doesn't mean you stop being competitive. It just means maybe you change your race for you a little bit. So, like, uh, if you're going to do, a hog, like, a hill circuit, say, at Hog Hill, which is really prone to breaking up because you've got to climb every lap, um, and, like, that tends to break up. You'll often have a group go off and you might have, like, a middle group and then you'll get drop riders at the back. 
And even if you're at, even if you're that last person, still treat that like it's still a race. Don't just write it off. But then your goal is like, well, can I chase that person? Can I catch up with that person who's one ahead of me? Or if there's people behind you, it's like make sure you don't get caught by them. It's still a race. It's just slightly different. Then you just kind of shift your goals. I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. I've definitely been in races where I've been dropped. And then I catch up with some of the, the riders in front of me because they just went too hard. It feels great. And it's just this fantastic feeling. I, I couldn't recommend it more. <laughs> right, guys. Thank you both so much. Okay, so if we go to actually Nelsie and Kaz... So we are moving on to fixed crits. So the difference with uh, fixed crits still in closed circuits, but here you're on fixie road track bikes, rather not road bikes, track bikes, uh, where you have no brakes and also you can't freewheel. So your your kind of your legs keep moving. Very cool. I always like, whenever I learn. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Whenever I see the races, I'm just like, wow, these people are very cool. But the lack of brakes for me, that's slightly, slightly nerve-wracking. So, I've got a question for you, Nelsie. When okay. you first, <laughs> when you first uh, started racing fixed crits, how did you get over the lack of brakes? Um, <laughs> I just, I, well, I started track, um, so. I don't know, I guess I find it a bit more safer with no brakes purely because there's no chance of anyone stopping in front of you suddenly. Um, So you just feel a bit more like I feel in control. Um, And I did a road crit and I did feel the difference. Like, I felt a bit more like um, just a bit unsteady. Uh, Maybe also because I'm so used to riding a, a fixed bike. So that's my my only way of well used to be my only way of commuting was on a fixed bike with brakes so I'm not going to do that in London there's no way I don't trust my legs or pigeons or people or anything so um, yeah so the transition was fairly easy um, and track was a really good place to start kind of learning to get used to the no brakes and learning to look when to move so translating that to fixed crits wasn't I'm not going to say it wasn't, wasn't easy, but it wasn't too difficult either. Um, yeah, so it was, wasn't too bad. How about cornering? Yeah, that was difficult. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, that's the thing that That took a lot me. of practice. Um, I guess because on the, on the rows, I can like break and then I can corner. But I did a few training sessions where you learn to corner. And it's not just by yourself. You're learning to corner with people next to you. And that is just another ball game where I just kept slowing down slowly in order to cor- in order to corner and not take anyone out. Um, but I think the best way that I learned was doing the race. Basically, um, there's there's an amount of training that you can do to get fitness, but in order to get used to riding in a bunch, going around a corner in a race scenario, is you just have to race. You just have to do it. Um, and I didn't know that until I did the race, until I was in it, and I was like, okay, okay, I'm learning. No matter, like, forget the position, at least this is, this is the, the best way to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much, Nancy. No worries. <laughs>
So you mentioned um, how you felt a little bit safer actually um, racing um, fixed fix, uh, fix bikes. Kaz, now, question Hello. is about crashes. So it could be my perception, mm-hmm. but one of the things that people always say they're very nervous about getting into rogues into races is about the crashing and with fixed crits the concern is without brakes how do i avoid a crash and so i'd love to get your ideas your thoughts about crashing (laughs) not your thoughts but how to avoid (laughs) how to avoid crashing and also some of the common causes okay so i think fixed crits probably have an unfair image created of them that involves crashing uh, which isn't helped by the fact that there's various fail videos on YouTube, etc., that feature big, high-profile crashes from things like Red Hook Crit, where a motorbike stalled in the front of a peloton of riders, which caused a pile-up, which is nothing to do with racing and purely to do with a motorbike stalling. Um, but in terms of my experience of fixed crit racing, I would say that I find it much, much safer than road crits. Um, like Nelsie said, if you haven't got brakes, no one can slam the brakes on. So there is, that takes that out of the equation completely. As soon as you've clipped in, you don't, you don't need to stop until you've finished. So there isn't the, the issue of needing to stop at any point in an emergency situation unless there's a crash, but that's not very frequent. There isn't, I've not been in many races where there's been a serious crash, and I've raced Red Hook Crits in Milan, I've raced in London, I've done the Thunder Crits the Ishuk crits in West London and I've, I, can, I can't count five times when there's been a crash and I don't think there's been any serious ones so I really would I wouldn't want that to put anyone off because I don't think that's, that's a fair thing that happens in terms of the ways that you could avoid it um, obviously it's practicing your racecraft and practicing cornering obviously on a track bike you go around the, spe- the corner at the speed that you enter it so your only option to go around a bit slower is to go a bit slower beforehand. That doesn't mean you're going to do a sick whip skid just for the corner because that's going to cause a crash. Don't do that. Um, you'll see that if you watch a women's fixed crit, no one skids. If you watch the men, they skid. There's far more crashes in the men's races. If you are unpredictable at any point when you're racing, that's when a crash happens. If you're looking around you and you're paying attention and you're looking before you move and you're seeing if someone's there and you're speaking to the other racers around you, they're listening, they're looking out for you. Even if you don't speak the same language, you can still just be like, hey, hey, hey. And, you know, you can even touch someone and be like, tell them you're coming. There's, you can always make room. Um, people will try and make room when there isn't room. You've just got to get your sharp elbows out and not let them pass. It's fine. But, you know, um, this weekend was uh, Thundercrit on C in Eastbourne and... I was riding um, behind women that were slowing down into the corners when I wouldn't have needed to slow down. So it's not always the case that you need to slow down into a corner. You can just take it. You just, it's like knowing the line to get round at the speed that you need to. So you're going, you know, you're going on the apex and you're coming out the other side. You can learn that. Um, my team, North London Thundercats, we run training sessions at the Lee Valley closed road circuit and I think that if any, I don't know if anyone's ever been to any of those sessions, but they're open to anyone. You do need to have a track bike. Um, you can ride there with brakes and take them off when you're there. And we're more than happy to go through cornering with you and teach you how to ride in close proximity to other riders. We've had women turn up to those sessions that have never ridden the fix before and have left having ridden quickly with other people around the circuit. 
um, who've then gone on to enter fixed crit. So, you know, yeah, don't let the idea of crashing put you off. It's, it's not that common, really. I couldn't agree more. So I, I might have been one of those women who turned up <laughs> to one of your skill sessions. And I have to say, definitely improved my cornering. I mean, just understanding how to keep a line. And it's really translated for me very well into kind of road racing, road crits. Uh, so thank you very much, guys. And Aline and Rosie, you're both up for road racing. So road racing, this is actually on an open road where you have rolling um, road closures. So I did my first road race probably about three weeks ago. And it was quite an experience having kind of the riders, the noise, but also the kind of the excitement of so many people around you and actually on a proper road. That was something that I'd never really experienced before. It was absolutely fantastic. So you guys, Annalie and Rosie, tell us about your first road race. Um, so my first road race was probably... A year and a half ago, um, and it was a, two, a category two, three, four race, so you don't have the elites and cat ones in there. Um, and it was in February, the weather wasn't great. <laughs> I think that might have been your first road race, too. No? No, I did mine earlier. Ah, okay. Um, and I remembered chasing every attack down. <laughs> And then I accidentally got off the front, and I was like, well, I guess I'll push on. And I thought it was the last lap. And then I crossed the finish line, and it wasn't the last lap. So I had to keep going. <laughs> um, but it was a great experience. Um, and I, like, immediately got hooked and did, and did my next one. Just to say that wasn't my first road race, but I was there, and I binned it in a corner behind you. <laughs> trying to chase back onto the group that had left me <laughs> but I was told it was the most spectacular sit down of the day so I've got that to my palmaris <laughs> um, is it my turn now? It is. Oh, okay so segueing on to my first road race I think my first road race was 2017 which feels like an awfully long time ago to still be not awesome at them. Um, it was a race in Buckinghamshire, famous for its potholes. Um, lovely county. And I had no expectations going into it whatsoever. I had no idea what to expect, but I'd raced a couple of crits uh, the year before, and I just knew that road racing was something that I just really had to give it a go. I found myself a, a teammate. Um, I was with Islington at the time and we rocked up to this thing. Uh, the, the club mate was a second cat. She was very accomplished. She knew exactly what she was doing and there was me like hanging out at the back in my, in my, in my jersey and, and shorts. And um, all's going well, swimmingly, in the bunch, like, oh God, I'm actually doing it. Like the sort of the sheer wave of panic of like, oh God, I'm actually doing this now. Oh God, now what? And... Um, Unfortunately, a, uh, a car decided to pull into the path of the, the bunch and 
that resulted in a enormous like concertina effect going through the bunch and everyone but one person stayed upright <laughs> I went over the handlebars into the dirt a couple of people behind me went into the back of me they got up, dusted themselves off because they were actually bike riders and <laughs> went off. And I kind of sat there in the dirt like, what just happened? Um, but it was such a valuable experience for me because it gave really sharp clarity to how much more I still had to learn and how much more I wanted to improve my bike handling because had I learned, had I known about braking and moving your weight back and which brakes to apply and not like panicking I would have stayed up on my bike and I would have still been in that race so it, it although it wasn't an awesome outcome like longer term it gave me that clarity of, of wanting to just like learn more and be a better bike rider so kind of wins and losses there <laughs> ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And I think that sums up very nicely uh, racing. Some wins and losses, but you keep going because it's actually a lot of fun. Um, one thing I kind of wanted to highlight as well, a difference from road racing compared to crits that we talked about, is the length of the distance. So typically road races are much longer. So the one that I did was 80 kilometers, 50 miles. So with that distance, my question is, how on earth do you kind of fuel for something like that, Annaline? So the standard answer would be gels and bars. Um, they say about two gels <laughs> and a bar per hour. I don't stomach gels very well, so I try and eat real food. Um, it could be anything from, like, rice cakes. You can find, like, a recipe that, like, Team Sky uses, and you can mix it up. Um, I, I eat Haribo a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, <laughs> because I sometimes struggle eating on the bike because you're just so focused on the race. I always make sure that I have a bottle with something that has calories in it. So it could be, like, an isotonic drink. Um, I often drink Lucozade. it just depends on what you like 
um, I would always make sure that you've tried it and tested it on a training ride. Do not ever like eat anything new during a race because that could go quite wrong. I have an anecdote yes. about caffeine gel if anyone is interested yeah. afterwards. I have one about a gel as well. It did not go well. Yeah, it, it, it's not pretty when you haven't tried it before. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend eating real food and then maybe towards the end of the race have a gel. Um, unless you really, really like gels, then go for it <laughs> throughout the whole race. Thank you. Um, Rosie, this is a question that um, I know I definitely get very worried about going into my next and future road races is getting pulled. So what is actually getting pulled and... Once you explain that, why road race when there's that possibility? That is a good question. Tough one as well. Um, Fortunately, I have lots of experience in this area. So, (laughs) So the sort of getting pulled from a race is essentially when you have lost contact with the the front group of the race, the main kind of peloton, if you will. You're um, behind with sort of a gap that could be sort of several minutes long and you might be with a group you might be by yourself and um getting pulled from that race is the the organizer or the commissaire um deciding that it's no longer safe for you to be out there and sort of calling time on your participation in the race um, that might be one lap before the end. It might be several laps before the end. Um, I was in one race where the um, guideline was, if you are more than 10 minutes off the back of the, the group, we will pull you and you'll be pulled from that race. It sounds quite harsh, but it's all about safety. Um, it might be to do with the circuit, the amount of traffic. It might just be a decision that the organizers have made at the time. The, there's no hard and fast rule as to when you might get pulled from a road race um, but bearing in mind that kind of bubble that you're in with a closure only applies if you're in that main bunch so there is a risk to you if you're outside of that bubble and if the organisers deem it to not be safe enough they're, they're well within their right to, to pull you from a race um, it sucks when it happens I'm not going to lie you're kind of you're, even though you're not in contention for a, a win or a top 10 or whatever it is that you're kind of maybe going for um you still want to be part of that race you still want to be part of it participating and kind of yeah it does suck but um i need somewhere to go with this um it does suck but just knowing oh babe <laughs> that's okay <laughs> you know, he's, it sounds like he's empathizing with me. Oh, Bagsy, it's okay. I'm all right. I'm all right, honestly. No, the, the, the point is, every time you do a race, you learn something. And even if you get pulled from that race, you've still learned something. And if you love it and you enjoy it and you finish that race and you go, oh, yeah, that was, you know, it was tough, but I learned something, then there's no reason why you shouldn't be giving it a go again and again and again because eventually you you will stay with that front bunch and you won't get pulled from that race and all that hard work will be 100% worth it and it is the best feeling in the world to cross that line not first not 10th like maybe 
like mid bunch but you're in that bunch and you finished it and you completed that full distance and it feels so good so that's why brilliant (laughs) excellent thank you guys so now we're up for track let's move from roads to track yui hannah come on up So with track, we actually have two types of disciplines. We have sprint and endurance. Now, with sprint, we're going to start with sprint. So, Yui, what does sprint involve and how did you get into sprint, track sprint? Okay, um, so, so like, track is quite niche. You're more likely to own a road bike than a track bike. Um, But don't let that stop you from racing. I just want to say... Like, I did my first race at Hearn Hill on a hire bike, and, like, <laughs> that was two years ago, and I've made, like, loads of progress since then. Um, and then sprint track cycling is even more niche. Um, think, like, fast bikes, aero wheels, but, like, they're a nice thing to have. But again, you don't have to have them. I did my first sprint race on a bike loaned to me by my old club. Um, and it's... Um, racing that takes place over really short distances um, so there's a mixture of time trials where you might be on the track like either by yourself or with one other person but they're on the opposite side of the track so it's literally just you in this bubble like riding around for 500 meters um, there's match sprinting so two of you on the track kind of playing a cat and mouse game psyching each other out which is really quite fun <laughs> It's awesome to see. <laughs> um, and then probably my favourite track race is the Kirin, which is the one where you see uh, it's kind of like motorbike on a track pacing around like six or so riders for a few laps. And then it's kind of full gas till the end. Um, so I switched over to track sprint towards the end of last year, but I started out my career as a cyclist doing... Uh, road crits and endurance riding and I think I was kind of exposed to track sprint through uh, racing at Hearn Hill where they do a women's league and they had a mix of endurance and sprint events and then also taking part in Omniums where again they have a mixture of sprint and endurance events and I found that I was a bit better at the sprint stuff and then decided that I wanted to race um at University Nationals and figured uh, sprinting was my best chance and it was um, and I've kind of stuck at it since then. Excellent, thank you Yui. And Hannah, tell us about your journey into track sprint and how do you train for it? Well my journey, um, I sort of feel a little bit of a fraud because I've only just started sprinting probably a few months ago, maybe four or five months ago. So I started track cycling um, at Hearn Hill two years ago, and I hadn't cycled before that at all. Oh, sorry. So I just, <laughs> I just, I slightly had a midlife crisis, <laughs> and just I saw I went to support my husband racing, and I saw the track and thought, I've got to have a go at this. This looks awesome. Um, <laughs> So I, it's probably a good thing because I've never ridden fixed before. I, I wasn't too worried about it. I just thought, it's a bike. Everyone's cycling. How hard can it be? <laughs> um, so 
fast forward and um, I'm sort of addicted now. Um, uh, two years ago I started and I was going to the women's session. So on Sunday nights they do a two-hour women-only session. And I started going every week to that and just loving it. I mean, it was a bit scary to start with, I'm not going to lie. Um, just getting used to riding in a bunch and being close to other riders and the no brakes. Um, but going every week... Um, I started making a few friends. It started getting easier um, and just loved it. And I'd, I'd be so nervous before, but then afterwards I'd be on such a high, like it's the best thing ever. Um, so fast forward a little bit um, to the following year, um, I was thinking about doing Women's League because they do um, three categories of racing at Women's League. They do a beginners, which is a C, uh, the intermediate is a B, and then the A's. So if you've never raced before, the C category for Women's League is a brilliant place to start because it's for where everybody else starts. So you're with a group of people who've never raced before and who are new, and you've probably met already on the Sunday sessions. So I started there um, and sort of got bullied into doing Women's League (laughs) by other people and a group of women. (laughs) I was also slightly annoyed because a, a group of women showed up. I'd been going a year at this point, and they, they turned up, done their induction, and just, right, we're racing. I was like, hang on a minute. I've been coming a year, and you're just going to turn up and start racing. I was like, I have to do this now. So anyway, fast forward another year. So I had a go last year and loved it. It was scary, but so much fun, and there's so much support at Hern Hill. You know, the women there are brilliant. Um, and then they started telling me things like the world masters you should try that (laughs) I was like what's this Um, so I'm in my 40s I'm not a youngster so for me to race with my own age category I was like oh I'm not going to be chasing all these young kids anymore which I can't (laughs) keep up with Uh, so um, this year I just did the national masters in Newport and I decided to go for sprint Um, and I decided to do that because I think I was better at it. I, it's shorter distances. I felt I was more successful over shorter distances. So that's how I sort of got into it. And it was other women at the track that were just like, you have to do it. It's such a supportive environment. It's so much fun. Um, so, yeah, that's how I, I got where I am now. Um, types of training for it? it Lots of gym stuff. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> It's not your long endurance Kent rides for hours on end. It's actually, it's a little bit restrictive in some ways. Um, when I, I guess when I got into the sprint, it was, it's very weird because if you go to the track at Lee Valley, you'll do your efforts between the uh, endurance blocks and the endurance riders will be on for about 15 minutes and then you're up for like five minutes and then you're sat there for 15 minutes. You're like, am I getting my money's <laughs> Um, but the more you get into it, you realise like when you're like getting that much out of yourself in a really short amount of time, you do need to sit down for 15 minutes. There's a lot. Of, <laughs> I am quite a lot enjoying of it. Down in comfy chairs, which is weird for cycling, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone just sits down all the time. Um, but yeah, it's quite intense the training. Um, there's a lot of gym work, which I'd not done before. That's quite a new thing. Um, but it's made such a big difference to my cycling. I can't tell you. I'd encourage you all, even if you don't want to do sprint. And if, you know, maybe it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it makes such a difference. I think, like, I really enjoy being in the gym, but again, it's not for everyone. But 
it's quite nice to have that variety to your training. So, like, you're not always on a bike, like, six, seven days a week. You can go and move in a different way and, like, learn more about how your body moves too, which I really like. And when you say gym training, what does that involve? Are you um, thinking squats? So, yeah, like, squats, like, uh, doing stuff with free weights, but it could also be, like, working on your core stability, which is great for all types of riding, not just for track sprinting. Excellent. Thank you very much, guys. So, moving on to endurance track. Marta Denise, come on up. So, we've just heard about sprint track events. Martha, what's the difference between sprint and endurance? Um, so I'm going to caveat this by saying I'm not a sports scientist. Um, <laughs> so I can't sort of say with any authority what the difference is. Um, I think most of track involves endurance riding. Um, but as Yui and Hannah were alluding to, like there is this sort of corner, this sort of more niche corner of sprint. I think the difference is that... Um, even though Hannah and Yui um, excel in endurance uh, riding as well, I think um, what distinguishes endurance from sprint riders is that they just sort of have that engine. They can keep going for a lot longer. Um, and you mentioned chain gang at the beginning of the, um, of the talk. And I found that something that really benefited me. So I ride with, um, with Brixton. I can see a few Brixton members in the background. Way! <laughs> um, and I was really fortunate because every uh, week in the winter, they have a chain gang session at Hearn Hill, which we do on road bikes. There are three speed groups. There's the fast lot, the medium lot, and the slow lot. But even the slow lot will average around sort of 30 kph. And it's just doing half lap changes for about an hour and a half. So you're on the drops, going round, 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 doing a turn, getting onto the back, going round, round, round. And um, it's dark, it's cold, but it's the perfect way to, uh, to improve your engine. And I think that's important when um, you're racing endurance track outdoors and our season starts in April and ends in September. So there's no racing in the winter unless you race indoors. So anything you can do to focus on really building your engine in those cold, long, dark months is, is going to help you. Excellent. Thank you. And Denise, um, so you've done uh, quite a few disciplines in, um, in racing. So you're doing track now, but how has track helped in your other disciplines that you race? Um, I think it's probably more the other way around that the other stuff helps me with track. Um, I mean, my first road bike, my first bike was actually a mountain bike. And for many years, I couldn't see why someone would do anything else than just like shredding down trails and doing downhills. <laughs> but when I got my first road bike, I was just surprised how much in, it helped me become a more like a stronger mountain biker. How much it helped on, on those downhills with just like the physical gain that I had from training on a, on a road bike. Um, and then the last two years I got really experimental and I think I just got bored with doing the same thing so I've, I've tried loads of different things and they did have a big impact on, on, my, on my like riding um, I mean starting with like Thundercrit this year where I joined the sessions um, and the training sessions and, and going around um, like a corner without being able to stop pedaling and having no brakes and, and really like learning how to lean into a corner and, and how to like look not down like to your front wheel but maybe like ahead this really helps me now in, in, in on, on the track or 
um, like doing a Madison training, um, where I mean Madison is, is like a team discipline where you throw each other into or propel each other into into race where one is racing and, and the other one is is is, is taking a little break. Um, and it's super scary and um, like observation and bike handling skill are, are incredibly useful for, for, for that or, or imperative for, for like mastering a, a Madison. Um, while I would never never race a Madison, I think it's it's way too scary for me. It now helps me on the track when like moving up and down the banking because I, I can judge distance and speed a bit better and I know like when I can dive down and when I wouldn't like take others off and where I wouldn't bring down a bunch. Um, that is very key. Yeah. And, <laughs> and maybe last but not least, the, the, the Velocity Posse skill sessions that we do on a, on a Monday, where we, I mean, we do like slow stuff and fast stuff and riding behind each other and touching each other. And um, this really just helped me be more like a safer cyclist when commuting through traffic in, in London. So I would say, yes, it's more fun to do different things, but also like the mental strength. So the, um, just knowing that you can push the boundaries of your comfort zone and you can put yourself out there and, and just embrace it and just have fun. Um, just this confidence bit, I think, is, is super helpful for, for everyday riding. Thank you, guys. Can we have a round of applause for our speakers? Thank you all for... Thank you all for giving your perspectives i think denise you kind of summed it up very nicely in terms of the different skills that you build but also the confidence as well that you take into different um race disciplines but also into your everyday cycling so i'm just gonna finish with just a little little uh, snippet about myself so um, i started cycling about a year ago and i um, started racing in january I had my first race on the 12th of January. I remember the day. It was Lee Valley. Um, about six or seven of us. Um, I was one of very few four cats. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. First of all, when I finished, my, uh, my derriere, I'm going to put that very delicately, was on fire. I've never worked myself that hard before. I never knew I could push myself that hard. And yes, I got drops. Yes, I got laps. I think I actually might have got lapped twice or three times, but we're not counting. Um, and on the track, I was with um, a few other women who were just so strong. But every time they lapped me, because <laughs> they did lap me, they kind of did little shout-outs to me. We're like, come on, keep pushing, keep going. And I think for me, that sums up women's racing really nicely it's such an amazing community the fact that we've got so many racers here tonight who were happy to give up their time to get to speak about why they love racing their motivations to answer questions to socialize with us all i will be asking you lots of questions um it's just awesome so thank you again and so I, before I wrap up, I just want to have a few kind of things that I want to mention. Um, first of all, we also have some posters with um, information about future races. If you uh, are motivated and you are inspired by what you've heard today to sign up. And we also have a small little few seconds from Fair just to talk about some skill sessions, which Velocity Posse will be putting on, which are designed to get you guys up and crit racing.
Thank you. Um, this is the very last minute thing. Um, so thanks to Velocity and our funding from Groundworks, um, I managed to train as level two coach and also a, a road specific discipline. Um, and um, I just got confirmation from Lee Valley Velo Park that we will be able, Velocity Posse will be running um, some specific crit training sessions through September. Um, leading up to a go race at the beginning of November. Um, so you don't need to worry about anything like race license or anything like that. Um, you just turn up, do the sessions. They're going to be really specifically focused on crit racing skills and they're going to advance you quite quickly um, through like working with a bunch, all different skills with speed. Um, and it's going to be really good. So please come to those if you've been inspired by all of our wonderful participants today. Thank you. And we also have some leaflets right at the back, um, next, right at the back, um, just which go into um, some of the women's sessions that you've heard um, at Hearn Hill. Um, If you're looking to get into, there we go, we've got some great, great models showing what the leaflets look like. just if you want to get involved in the Sunday women's sessions, I've been to a few. I can say they are just fantastic. They are great places to learn. I, um, I'm, I've always been a little bit nervous about the lack of breaks, hence why a lot of questions that I asked were about that. Um, but they're just fantastic for building confidence, being with a fantastic group of women, and I can recommend them all. So... Now we're on to the socialising. So before we go on to that, can I just have another really large round of applause for all the speakers and also for you guys for turning up. Thank you, guys. Now on to the beers. <laughs> being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra and united healthcare makes it easy with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company they supplement your primary plan helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods so when it comes to covering your medical bills you can feel good about being a little extra visit uh1.com to find the health protector guard plan for you Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.